Well, welcome back to the When I Heard This Podcast. My name is Nate Robinsoff, and I'm here with Joseph Tillman. How's it going, Joseph? Man, you know I'm doing good today. I didn't know that until you <laughs> just said that. Oh, now you do. You're right. First off, go to Patreon, $5. Uh, click all the buttons, like, subscribe, and notification bell, not down thumb. Today, we are continuing our discussion about how God murders everyone all the time. You framed this so wrong. I d- did I? Yeah. All right. Well, we'll get into it. Okay. Um, we're going to be getting started with that right now. D- so does God do other sins that I shouldn't be doing? Like, does <laughs> does God do, like, rapes or or... Other no. evil things like that that he tells me not to do? So to be clear, something like rape is an action taken that reflects the depravity of man. Okay. So there's no love in it. There's no justice, no mercy, no righteousness in these acts. And thus they are absent of God and they're absent of his presence. Therefore, he would not he would not be committing those type of acts. Okay. Yeah. So, so just to be clear, how are you separating that from him killing people? Sure. Okay. So, death, though it seems horrible, right, mm-hmm. will actually occur to each of us. Okay. Right. I mean, we're all dying. Okay. Okay. And so, each of us are going to die. God would not, would never desire for one to be raped. Okay. One to be molested, because now that's. That's not just death. That's attacking the value and the and the worth, right, of an individual made in the image of God and, and actually doing them harm. Okay. So what you're saying is death is some, like, I guess you've said this a f- mm-hmm. few times, but death is, death is just and loving when God does it. When God is doing it. When God right. is killing somebody. Right. Not he, when we just decide we won't take a life. Okay. Yeah. But but when God when God does. So because we're supposed to leave judgment to him if he mm-hmm. decides to do if he decides to kill somebody then that mm-hmm. is that that is good. Yeah, it, that's it is correct because that's his judgment in that time and I think one of the things that we get uncomfortable with is the idea of judgment just at all, but the reality is, is that just like death is appointed to each one of us, like there's a, a point in time to die. There's also a, there's also an appointed time of judgment for each one of us. Like in other words, we all will be judged. So God has never done a rape for the same reason that He has killed people. Correct, because again, to rape would be to harm. Okay. To violate. To demean. Okay. Yeah. The value of one to to, to to demean the image of God in one. On the other hand, when God had His people go do murders for Him, mm-hmm. did God ever have His people go do rapes or pedophilias or anything for Him? No. Okay. No, absolutely not. Is when God is killing people, mm-hmm. how does that advance the kingdom? Yeah, good question. Because it seems like it would be like not right. Right, I get you. Okay, that's something that you said last week was that when God 
God has done all these things to advance the kingdom, mm-hmm. and he just did those things at different times, and that's why Old Testament looks different than New Testament. Right. And so how is this specific thing that he did advancing the kingdom? Like, how is... <laughs> Surely, how is killing all the Amalekites right. advancing the kingdom? Because I guess one thing that I keep thinking about is, okay, so there were people that thought that that God killing people looked like he was stronger than their God and whatever. Mm-hmm. But were there not people who were just like, Ooh, I don't want to be part of that. <laughs> if he's just going to kill people for messing up one day or whatever. Right. And so how, like, how do you deal with that mindset? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So g- great questions. So in terms of the mindset, I'll, I'll do that one first. Okay. So in terms of the mindset, again, I think, we have to realize the way we approach things from an American worldview, right? From okay. an American cultural worldview, we're approaching something like people have like mass killings and we're like, okay, not good, bad, horrible, mm-hmm. never okay. Mm-hmm. And and so that's the way we feel about it. And, like, and for us, we even question the idea of war. Right. Right? So like we question like, is war okay? Love, man. Love, man. But yeah, so we question, well, remember in the period of time, so for example, using David as an example, okay. when he's king of Israel, it says that there's actually a time when all the kings go out for battle. They all go, they, they lead their people out to war just because it was the time and season for war. Oh, it was war season. Yeah, it's literally like war season. Okay. So we're going to go fight. Mm-hmm. This is what we do. And I think that 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 idea is that whole notion is so foreign to us. Did they sell hot dogs? <laughs> There's no hot dogs being sold that I know of. Okay. Okay. But the idea though that they are just, yeah, people just they went to war because it was time to go to war. Not even for a great reason, other than it's the time, the season we go off to war. Mm-hmm. And obviously there were other times where there was invasions and you were trying to attempt to conquer a group of people. And so I think we just have to understand that the way we view war is so vastly different than the way they would have viewed war during their time. Okay. And war during their time was an honorable thing. Okay. To go to war for your country. And I'm not saying people don't feel that way here. Mm. Right. I mean, yeah, sure. But it was uh, the overall idea of war was honorable, right? Uh, uh, In our country, in our perspective, our viewpoint, war is is you do it when you have to. Right. And you're very thankful for those who are willing to go and serve on our country's behalf when we have to. When they poke the bear. (laughs) That's right. And and so, but in this time period, it was much more common. Okay. And so, you know, men and, and young men from early age, they're trained in battle. They're trained in war. And, they're, and there's, it's an expectation that they will fight. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's a, a very different mindset that we have to realize. So they're not approaching this as like, oh, no, that's terrible. They're, no, this is just normal. Mm-hmm. This is part of culture. This is part of our society. This is what we do. And I'm not saying that everybody was just these great fans of war, but it was just, but at the same time, it was no, much more normal, right? And and so, just a very different mindset. But in regards to how does God 
taking individuals' lives advance the kingdom of God. So God's all-knowing. Okay. Okay. So he can see why some people, such like such as the Amalekites, actually need to be killed due to their threat to God's redemption plan for the whole earth. Okay. All right. And so Is this where you get into like grand design or the stuff that sure. they say like like God knows where everything's going to happen mm-hmm. everywhere yeah. all the time and everyone's thoughts and everything. So, so yeah, this has to happen. Absolutely. And, yeah. And it just so happens that they deserved it at the same time. Yeah. That God and God in his foreknowledge, right. Right. Knows the, the intentions of the hearts of the people. Mm. Right, both the Israelites and the Amalekites, he knows that, and then he also is very aware of what needs to happen down the road in the future, okay. and that he knows the Amalekites are a threat to that. All right, and so they cannot be allowed to remain in force because it jeopardizes what God wants to see accomplished. And it jeopardizes his kingdom purposes for the future. Mm-hmm. So actually, wiping out the Amalekites is indeed advancing the kingdom purposes of God. Okay. Or it's because it's ensuring that the kingdom purposes can continue. Okay. Um, and, you know, and we can say the same thing about why God needed to, you know, have the Canaanites defeated so that his people could be in Canaan. Okay. okay. Um and and again, regards to the to the flood, God had to begin anew, and not just with humankind, but with all creation. And therefore, in all of these, we can see kingdom purposes being fulfilled. And so, there really is a purpose behind what God's doing. It's not just that. I think sometimes we get the idea that God's just being this like vengeful, hateful being. I just don't like you. I'm going to wipe you out. Mm-hmm. You're being you're bullying my people. Mm-hmm. I'm done with you. And it's but it's so much deeper than that. Okay. All right, so does God still kill people? Like if there's a tsunami that wipes out a bunch of people in a place somewhere. Mhm. No specific examples cited here. Nope. Uh if God does that, does that mean that he did that and was wiping out those people for a reason? Or is that just happenstance, or what's the deal? Okay, so can God use things like natural disasters as judgment? Right. Yes. Okay. Absolutely. Um, You know, it's again, it's his prerogative. Like, the flood was one huge, giant natural disaster, basically. Right, absolutely. Now, again, God said, I'll never do that again. Right. Okay. But can he use natural disasters? Yes. Now, I want to be careful. Is every natural disaster his doing or his judgment? No. Okay. Well, that's what I want to talk about. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I'm not saying that every single one of those things is his doing, just like not every war is his doing. Okay. So every time there's a natural disaster or any time anyone dies for any reason, there's some Christian or a group of Christians somewhere that go, hey, that was definitely God doing that on purpose because you did a bad thing at some point. What is, 
it, what is the deal with people thinking that all the time? And is is it true? Why do people <laughs> talk yeah. like? Yeah, I think I think it comes from a di- couple of different places. Maybe okay. One, and I'm again, I'm not trying to pretend I can get inside everybody's psyche, but I'll give you a few different reasons I've heard. One, okay, you have one group that believes that God is behind everything that happens, right? So that everything that's going on is predetermined will of God. Okay. So if it's a natural disaster, well, that that's predetermined will of God. Okay. If I stumble over a rock and twist my ankle, predetermined will of God. Okay. Okay. So you, you've got kind of that extreme that believes that every single action, every single thing that's happening is will of God, mm-hmm. that he's predetermined it and he's enforcing it to happen. Okay. So obviously if they saw a natural disaster, their inclination to say, well, that God did it, and therefore those people must have deserved it. Okay. That's their train of thought. Okay. okay? Um, so that's one kind of line of thinking. And then there's another line of thinking that it's, it's the idea that anytime something bad happens, that's judgment. Like, okay. so not, not just that everything is the will of God, but just that it's like, it's almost like they view God as this, again, this vindictive God that's just on the lookout of where he can just get somebody like, gotcha, okay. you know, um, or you made me mad, you upset me, here comes my wrath. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think both those extremes are, are folly, Okay, because what it's saying is is that, that I mean, one we live in a fallen world, and so in fallen world things like natural disasters can happen. But then two, it's also saying that God is just out there like looking to smite apparently every mm-hmm. person or everything. Well, even like we talked about with the Amalekites earlier, man, God gave them four hundred years. From the time he was like, they need to be destroyed, to when he actually destroyed them. Mm -hmm. And so I think there's a sense of that God is is patient and is kind and is willing to extend mercy and not just bring judgment immediately. And so I don't think God is out there just kind of hitting these judgment buttons on everybody or everything. And, And so that's, I think, how they get there, their mindset. But I do think that what it does is it it causes people to just go, well, everything is the will of God or everything is the judgment of God. And I just theologically, I just don't think that's okay, okay. or correct. The other ideas, the other mindset would just be that we understand that there is the perfect will of God. Okay? So there's the perfect will of God, but that the perfect will of God is not always what we see in our world. Okay. Because... Because of sin, because of a fallen world, because of really poor choices and decisions by individuals, things can happen. Now, when we get into kind of a like natural disaster type world or areas, excuse me, we realize that in our world, again, a fallen world, natural disasters do happen mm-hmm. in our fallen world. And it doesn't have to be, well, that was God's judgment. Because I think we're just being honest that I think if if God was just out there just judging everybody with natural disasters, we'd probably just be, I mean, I felt the whole world would be like on fire 
<laughs> or experiencing a tsunami at some level. Mm-hmm. And um, and so I really think it's probably more that there's a, there is the perfect will of God. And again, sometimes the perfect will of God is is happening, and sometimes it's not. It's not it's just this predetermined thing mm-hmm. where everything that's happening is God's will. So what's your mindset? The last one I just mentioned. Okay. The, the idea that God has foreknowledge, but he's not predetermining everything. Okay. Okay. So in his... Now, I'm okay with saying that in his foreknowledge, he knows certain things, so he determines certain things. Mm-hmm. But, what I'm, but what I'm not okay with is saying, well, for example, God just determines that some people are going... To heaven, some people are going to hell. No, there's free will, there's free choice in that. In his foreknowledge, he knows it, but he doesn't determine it. Mm-hmm. Someone gets raped. We mentioned that earlier. Someone gets raped. That's not the perfect will of God for that individual. Mm-hmm. That right. was, unfortunately, okay. them experiencing the cruelty and evil that we find in this world. Okay. Yeah, and so those that's kind of where I start drawing these lines. Like... We have to see that God gives free will, gives free choice, that our world is really corrupt and our world is, unfortunately, has individuals that are evil and will do evil things. And that is not the will of God for people. Like, you know, and sometimes it's just foolish decisions, right? Right. Sometimes, like, I'm texting and driving. That's a foolish decision. Mm -hmm. I'm texting and driving and I don't see there's a stop sign and there's a child walking across the road. Mm-hmm. And I run the stop sign, hit the child, kill the child, right? Hit the child, paralyze the child. That was not the perfect will of God. That was an individual being foolish mm-hmm. in, by texting and driving. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And so I, I just, I do not see in Scripture where there is this predetermined nature in God but rather where there's a lot of free will. In other words, people are able to make decisions right or wrong that have impact on others. That's what I see throughout Scripture. And that natural disasters just happen naturally because of the system of the universe that he created. Yeah, and and what I would say is because even because our own when 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 remember when sin entered humanity, mm-hmm. sin entered the whole world, right? And because we have a fallen world, things like that happen. So Mother Nature is real. <laughs> no. <laughs> so what is like your like the people that say God's judging you? Mm-hmm. What do what do Christians who know that's or think that that's not true, like, how do you deal with that? I would ask them... Like, because isn't it bad if, if like, if, like, someone's kid died or something? Yeah. And someone's coming to you and going, well, you were a horrible parent. God's judging you, so God killed your kid. Right. Like, that's not good for that person, right? No, So I mean, what do you do I, about like, it? If someone came up and told me that, I'd probably punch him in the face. Yeah. I mean, be honest, right? <laughs> I mean... And and I'm not saying that's the the right thing to do. That'd probably be my reaction, though. Right. Um, no, I I I feel sorry for people like that. I guess. Okay. Like I guess if someone says, I feel sorry for that person. I feel sorry for them that 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 all they're ever seeing 
more than likely, is bad that happens in life and God must be judging you. Mm. Um, and I feel sorry for them because they're blinded by their own pride. What pride? The pride that that somehow they're escaping judgment. Oh, okay. The pride that somehow they're better than. Oh, okay. Therefore, that they do not deserve judgment. Right. The pride that they're more holier than thou. The, that's, no, that's just like, that's pride, right? God is merciful and God is gracious and God is just. You know, leave leave space for the wrath of God, for the vengeance of God. And so I, I, mean, I believe in all that. I also believe that we, if it was just really just, none of us are that good, I guess is what I'm getting to. None of us are that good where we don't, quote unquote, deserve judgment at some level. Okay. And so. Because we, I, th- I think it's in the Bible, we all deserve death, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, right. I mean, the wages of sin is death. Right. From Romans 3. And so. That's absolutely the case, and it continues to be the case even after we're saved, right? So in other words, even after we're saved, we still deserve death. Now, we get, yes, we die a physical death, but we get to live spiritually forever. Right. But it's not because we were so good that we earned it somehow. And I I feel like the people who are always like, well, that was the judgment of God, or that was, I just think it's just pride. So we deserve death, but we are accepting mercy, right? Mm-hmm. Correct. Okay. Yeah. That's the that's the getting saved part. Yeah, yeah. Accepting his okay. forgiveness. Yeah, exactly. Does God kill individual people? Like, hey, I'm gonna kill you. <laughs> yeah. So we saw like we talked about the example of Ananias and Sapphira yeah. earlier. So where he is killing individual people. Um one of my I was going to say favorites. That sounds really bad. Oh, yeah. But in Acts chapter 12. Okay. All right. So in Acts 12, King Herod, who is um, king of the Jews. So this is this is a different Herod this than is... the Herod that approved Jesus. Oh. Um, so it's a different Herod at this point. Okay. But in Acts chapter 12. It's one thing I appreciate about the Bible. Is that they're willing to put two characters in it with the same names? <laughs> Man, they'll do more than two, bro. They, <laughs> they will fill it up with people that have the exact same name. This is this is crazy. So in Acts 12, verse 21. Okay. On an appointed day, dressed in royal robes and seated on the throne, Herod delivered a speech to them. The assembled people began to shout, It's the voice of a God and not of a man. And at once, an angel of the Lord struck him because he did not give the glory to God. And he was eaten by worms and died. Well, that's awesome. <laughs> so I said it's one of my favorite passages. I really probably shouldn't say it's one of my favorites. but Eaten by worms would take a really long time. <laughs> so he was just there. Yeah, I mean, the angel of the Lord just struck him, right? And he was just eaten by worms. Well, that's cool. Well, <laughs> I think definitely horrifying yeah. to see, you know, but it's one of those you know, things of well, why would God do that? Well, this was just judgment mm-hmm. on a person that was claiming basically like all the people were like, oh, that's the voice of a God. Like, that's God, right? And he, and he was doing nothing to 
deny that. Mm. And so it was like God was going, no, he's not God. Mm. You know, um, especially the idea of a King Herod, because Herod, the Herods were known as the king of the Jews, actually, during okay. this time period. Well, we know ultimately who the ultimate king of the Jew was. Jews were. That was Jesus. So it's also putting any kind of end to the notion that Herod was on the same level with Jesus. Okay. Oh, okay. And but this is a New Testament passage. So this is an Old Testament. Like mm-hmm. some people think of, well, God doesn't do these kind of things in the New Testament. No, this is New Testament. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, we do see instances where God strikes down individual people, again, for his purposes and for his glory. So with the people that think everything is God's judgment on you and you going, you know, stuff happens in the world. You can't always make that the will of God. Mm-hmm. In, I mean, everything that we've talked about, sometimes it is the will of God. Mm-hmm. So how do you know? Uh, that's a good question. So how do you know if it's just a normal thing? Like those people who think everything is God sometimes are going to be right. Sure. Because God does stuff like this, possibly. So how do you know what the difference is? Man, you know, I, I think a lot of times on things, let's say like natural disasters. Yeah. I, to be honest with you, I think we just have to, I don't even know if that's the, I don't even know if that's the question of, of judgment or those kind of things, right? In other words, all right, that happened. I guess it's kind of the way I think about it. Yeah. Like, all right, well, that happened. What is our response going to be? Right? So in other words, so my response is going to be, Oh, so like, so for example, using Hurricane Katrina, right? Okay. So for the example of that, like, all right, that happens. Okay. I'm not sitting here trying to figure out, is that God's will? Did he just judge New Orleans? And, you know, like, no, like, all right, what can we do to help? Okay. That's my thought as a, as a pastor, as a Christian, what can I do to help these people? Okay. You know? And so I, what I'm getting to is I don't, I don't think that. I don't think I should have to spend an exuberant amount of time trying to figure out if things are judgment of God or not. Just they happened. Mm-hmm. They were God's judgment. Okay. If not, okay. But what is my response supposed to be okay, to so, the situation? So the, the question doesn't even matter. Not in the sense of like natural disasters. It doesn't. Okay. Um, I will say this. So as a pastor, when I'm, I'm visiting with someone, and I've and I've had to do this, and it's just gut wrenching when they've lost a child, okay. right, um, in an accident, auto accident, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. They've lost a child very prematurely, okay, um, and and you're there and you're with them, like the worst thing, I think, the worst thing in the world, is for someone to come up and be like, well, we may not understand it, but you know that it's just God's will. Oh, I hate that. Pastorally, I hate it because that person who's grieving is not comforted by that. That person who is grieving over the loss of their child is trying to make sense of what's happening, but mm. they're just a lot a lot of ways it, the the why of it will never be answered and it's just I'm grieving and I have loss. 
And I think what we see constantly through Scripture or continually through Scripture is that God comes near to the brokenhearted, that he is with those who are grieving, Mm. that he is with those who experience loss, that his presence is there. And so I feel like as a pastor for me, I, I just want my presence to be there. I just want to be there, to listen, to hear. I just simply want to be. Mm-hmm. And I don't need to give any cliched answers, right? Well, that must be the will of God, or that was the judgment of God, or, you know, no, like, no, that's just, I think on those types of levels, I think especially when we're dealing with the loss of of children and I mean, that gets us right mm-hmm. like i mean we were talking the amalekites earlier like it bothers us it get, that seems mm-hmm. to not be okay that sit with us well and i don't think it should sit with us well by the way like it should bother us that of loss of a child or loss of a loved one like it should get us and i tend to i do tend to side with the fact of i think more often than not when a when a child passes away I just, man, I'm just going, man, I just don't know if that was the will of God. So you've actually heard that? Like someone just coming up to someone who lost a kid and going like, hey, God wanted your kid dead? Well, obviously. Here's, here's a casserole? Yeah, they did it phrase it that way, obviously. But, right. you know, but, oh, well, I know it doesn't make any sense, but, you know, it just, it was God's will. Oh, yeah, I've heard it. Well, <laughs> I mean, that's that's essentially saying, hey, God wanted to. Your kid yeah. dead. Oh, absolutely. Right? Yeah, that yeah. is what they're saying. Yeah. Yeah. And Or, this is my favorite one in the South. And I don't know if it is not just a Southernese thing, but I hear it a lot in the South. God must have wanted him in heaven more oh, than right. you needed him here on earth. Right. Or God needed him in heaven more than you needed him here on earth. And I'm like... God doesn't need he, anyone no. in heaven. Right? No, at all. Right. No. It's just it. Uh, <laughs> those kind of statements of God needed them in heaven more than He needed them in earth, or God wanted them in heaven more than you wanted them here on earth. Those phrases are just not helpful. Like I feel like I can just do a whole rant and do a course <laughs> on how to provide. You know, it's not even pastoral care. It's just loving and mm-hmm. you know kind care. You know, but anyway. Yeah, so I think that when we're talking about these kind of issues, though, of, you know, will and judgment of God, I mean, you know, when someone experiences a tragedy, someone is hurt and abused, that's not what God's will for them, right? Mm -hmm. God's judgment on them to be abused. And so it's it's those kind of things, man, they they get me. It bothers me. Mm -hmm. Because I do feel like that's, like... So a large part of the episode, the reason we're doing this, right, is because people have questions. Like, if God is loving, if God is kind, if God's compassionate, why does he do these things? Why does Mm -hmm. he allow these things? And I think they're good questions when we talk about the flood and the Amalekites, those kind of things. But it does bother me when you start, you know, you're you're looking at someone and go, well, you know, I guess it was God's will for them to, to, to be molested or abused. What? That's painting a horrible picture of God. Right. That's Now, that's painting a picture of God that I, I just think is so far from the realities of who God is in Scripture. Okay. Because God is always... God is always the def- the defender of those that can't defend themselves, right? Right. So, it, like, for example, his whole thing is 
True religion is this. That's what he says in James. True religion is this, to care for the widow and the orphan. Mm -hmm. Why? Because they can't defend themselves. Bingo. Okay. Care for them because they 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 can't do it themselves, right? And so that that tells you that's God's heart is the widow, the orphan, the least of these. That's God's heart. And so to say to someone else that no, God actually, you know, allowed for abuse or 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 not allowed, but like like initiated it, like it was His will or His judgment. Right. No, that's horrible. That's a disgusting picture of God, in my opinion. So this whole will of God thing, it, it, it's sort of like gotten to the point where I'm thinking like, is God like picking and choosing what's what bad things or good things on earth is, is him and what he wanted versus what he doesn't want? And saying, no, I would, not, I would never want that on you. But then like this, I want for you to happen. And because we've talked about this the other way too with like, prosperity gospel mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like and stuff like that like no i would never want this person to get rich they just happen to do that but <laughs> you know what i mean like sure h- how do we, how do you put all that together i got gotcha. you how do i how do, like how do i know anything is ever god right well okay i think this to me gets back to understanding nature of god okay right is is god a god that is is out to harm and hurt. Right. No. Okay. Okay. So when things happen, abuse, rape, whatever, along those lines, is that God? No, because that doesn't jive with his nature. If we're making poor decisions, right? If we're, if we're making sinful choices and decisions, we're going to reap that. Mm-hmm. So we will reap that that which seems harmful, right? If if I um, if if I go out and I get just plastered drunk, if I get if I if I get plastered drunk, and then I go get in a vehicle, and I'm driving off, and I hit a tree, and I'm paralyzed, is that God's will for me? Is right. that God's judgment of me? What I would say is it's not God's active will or active judgment. Okay. What I would say is I made a choice and decision that led to this, and now I'm reaping the consequences of that decision. So it doesn't matter where the consequences come from. There's just consequences for stuff like that. Sure. Okay. But how many times do we do things that are stupid that did deserve a consequence and we don't get one? Because the other way is I could do evil things to reap the consequences of being rich, like go steal a bunch of money, or I could do good things to reap the consequences of being rich, which is the opposite of that. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, how, okay. many, I mean, how many people build wealth out of, you know, stealing and conniving and cruelty? Right. I mean, yeah, it happens. Okay. So, but God's always putting his thumb on the scale in a good way, no matter what he's doing. Yeah, and then we have to remember, and we have to remember that that vengeance, that justice, that judgment will happen to all of us. Okay. So I think sometimes we may become upset because someone is not experiencing 
what we think, they need to be judged for this, right? They're hurting people. They're harming people. They need to be judged for this. They don't get caught. They don't seemingly suffer the consequences for it in this in this life. Right. I guess what I'm saying is that they will suffer consequences for it. In the next life. In the next. Unless and, they... Unless they repent. Unless they repent right before they die, like the dude on the other cross when Jesus died. Yeah, but it's got to be real, right? And genuine. <laughs> so... When everyone dies, is God killing everyone? You mean like, is he directly saying, now, die? Yes. No. Okay, so... No. So, all right, so this is just my opinion, okay? I do believe that the Lord has an appointed time and a place for each of us to be born Okay. and for each of us to die. All right. Okay? So, Acts 17, 26 speaks about an appointed time, Mm -hmm. okay? So I think we've got an appointed time, an appointed allotment of years and days that align itself with the perfect will of God for us in our life. Okay. However, I also believe that death happens in this life that's not God's will. Okay. So in other words, God's perfect will might have been that I lived till I was 85 years old. Okay. Okay. But then I go out and I make a foolish decision and it ends my life at the age of 30, right? Or I decide to take my own life mm-hmm. and, and or someone else's sinful actions affect me, you know? Like I want to do anything wrong. Okay. But now they're the ones that got in a car and were texting and driving and not looking and swerved over, hit me, head on collision, and now I'm dead. Right. So I think that death can occur because of tragic accidents, through the sins of others, and through the taking of our own life. And I don't think those are aligning themselves with the perfect will of God for our life. So, what I guess what I'm saying is, I do believe there's a perfect will of God that He has established these days and these years for us that He would, pref- he would desire for us to live. However, there are things that happen in life, again, accidents or other people sin against me or my taking my own life that never allows me to reach that perfect will of God for me in terms of the years that he wanted me to live. Okay, so God has a God has a plan for us. Right. But God also knows that we could die before the end of that plan. Correct. Or we or never even get on board with that plan. Or never even get on board with that plan. Mm-hmm. So there's like there's like God's perfect timeline for us mm-hmm. and then the actual timeline for us. Yeah. Right. And, okay. and well well I guess what I would phrase it is there's God's perfect timeline for us. Okay. And then there's then there's our <laughs> there's like there's there's God's timeline that involves all right if you were to walk in all of his ways Mm -hmm. you would see the fulfillment of that right so in other words in a perfect world with without my without me sitting against myself or without others sitting against me so before the the killer apple in the garden of eden (laughs) right okay there was this perfect will of god plan purpose for my life okay okay now when i am born I'm not guaranteed to ever end up on that plan. 
Okay. And that sounds really hard for some people to grasp or to understand, but the reality is to, to, to fulfill the will of God for my life, I have to know God and I have to walk with God. So if we go through life and I guess if we sin, we get farther from that plan. There you go. Okay, yeah. so then when we come to, when we become Christians, uh-huh. are we getting closer to that perfect plan, or is it going off in a dif- different direction? Okay, I see what you're saying. Yeah, no, I think once we get saved, it's like we're being put back on that road. Okay, so and, everything God wanted for us specifically, he's going to move us back toward that timeline. Correct. Okay. And now, I'm not saying there's not things we won't miss out on. Right. Right. If we, if we, if we, one, if we waited too long to respond and come to him, okay. or two, if we don't, we just don't engage with him and really walk with him from that point. Right. You know, I think a lot of times, if we're being honest, there's a straight line that's the perfect will of God. And us as believers are probably doing some kind of zigzag around it. Okay. In other words, we're in it sometimes, we're out of it sometimes. We're in it sometimes, we're out of it sometimes. And I think that's probably what it looks like more often than not for us. Okay. And and that's good enough. Yeah. I mean, okay. the, the whole point is, are we following Jesus the best we can, right? Right. And if we get off, okay, we get back on. Right. We ask for forgiveness, we repent. The whole idea of repentance is going, God, I don't want to go my way, I want to go your way. Mm-hmm. That's the whole idea of repentance. I don't want to go my way, I want to go your way. And so we do the best we can to go his way. And I think that, yeah, God has this, again, perfect will and for us, but right. he, he allows us to move in and out of that, if you will. Um, and he's so not, basically, everyone at Noah was all all so far away from their perfect plan, uh huh, and only continuing to head farther and farther away from that perfect Correct. plan. And God can just end that direction at any point He wants, whether it's before you're alive or after you're alive. Correct. All right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. He knew at that point, we just got to start this thing over. Okay. Because in foreknowledge, he knows they're not coming back. Yeah, I'm just going to erase this <laughs> this timeline yeah, we're and gonna, start a different one. We're going to start over. All right. Yeah. Cool. I like charts and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think we have to just remember to right? Humanity has free will. Right. And so we choose to make really poor decisions sometimes. And we choose to make really godly decisions at our times. So I didn't even ask you about suicide. Okay. Like, what? where does that fall into all this? Man, that's it, it's pretty debated, debated okay. in Christian circles of what suicide like, entails. In other words... Did God make me kill me? Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, if you believe in a... If you believe in that extreme sense of everything that happens... You know, was God determined? Right. If if yeah, if you believe everything that happened is God determined, then you would have to have, you'd have to go with that. Right. That's crazy to me. Right. <laughs> That's just crazy. And so, no, I believe individuals make that choice, right? Okay. Because they hit a point of complete and utter hopelessness. Mm. It's interesting when you look at Peter. After Jesus's, all right. So, leading up to Jesus's death, mm-hmm. you got two main individuals that are really involved at the very end there: Peter and Judas. 
Peter denies Jesus three times. Okay, right. Judas is the one who betrays him. Mm-hmm. Okay, but neither Judas nor Peter are at the cross. All right, so they both have abandoned Jesus. Is what I'm getting to. Mm. Peter, he was scared. Right, so he denied Jesus out of fear. Judas was greedy and de- and betrayed Jesus, denied Jesus because of what he wanted. Now, but both of them were devastated when when the reality sucked in. Okay, Judas betrays Jesus, but, he, but he's, Judas is devastated over what happened. Peter's the same way. Peter, he, Jesus told Peter, "You're going to deny me." Before the rooster crows, you're going to deny me. Mm-hmm. And he hears that rooster crow, and it just breaks Peter. He's just broken. So you have two broken individuals. One of them takes his life, Judas. He takes his own life, and he's devastated by what happened. So he, he takes his life. So despair and hopelessness had just hit, or despair just hit that point of absolute, there's no hope, mm-hmm. right? And so he took his own life. Peter... And it probably was because Peter had some people around him, you know, the the other 12 mm-hmm. that were around him were somehow able to hold him up enough. But after Jesus' resurrection, he actually has to minister to Peter individually to res- to get Peter back to his real timeline, to, to, to where Peter needs to be. Okay. And so I really think the only difference, though, between the two at the end there, at the end, was one lost absolute hope. All of, absolutely lost all of it. Mm. And Peter, for, however, clung on to something, even if it was just his friends helping him mm-hmm. hold him up. And I, I really think Judas could have repented and returned, mm-hmm. you know, to Jesus, the same way Peter ended up doing. And, and what I'm getting to here is people end up committing suicide, usually speaking, because they've just lost all hope. Mm-hmm. Like despair has completely taken them over. They've lost all hope. And so they end up taking their life because they actually believe that that's a better future than if they remain alive. Mm-hmm. It's and, and it breaks my heart because that's not God's perfect will for them. God still has something for them. Imagine the story of redemption it would have been for Judas. Right. I mean, I mean... Can any of us imagine that, right? right? I mean, oh my gosh. When individuals commit suicide, I don't think that it forfeits their salvation. Okay. I don't, I know, I know it's not the will of God for their life. I know that. Right. And then I also do not think that it forfeits their salvation if they're saved. Because it's just one terrible decision? Yeah. It's just one really horrible decision. Okay. In you know, in in a in a state of hopelessness, like, and I know we're not supposed to take our life. Like, I get that. Yeah. Right. But do I sit here and go, man? They committed suicide. It's unpardonable. Like, they can't go to heaven. No, no, I don't think that at all. I think it's a really horrible, bad decision, and and and, a, and not just a bad decision, a sad decision. Mm-hmm. And but do I think that they can still leave this? life and see Jesus face to face the next and be welcomed in, I do. How does God decide how bad it should get before he kills somebody? Like why didn't mm. he send the flood two days ago <laughs> from when he did it? Yeah. 
Like, was not everyone all the way corrupt yet? But he told he told Noah <laughs> he told Noah like way before he even built uh-huh. the, the ark, correct? That he was the only guy doing good stuff, right? So why didn't he? He could have killed everyone. And why didn't he do it two days ago? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, honestly, at that point, man, you're that, those questions that only the Lord knows the answer to, okay. right? Like, I think that God, I think God always gives enough time. For as many people to repent, mm-hmm. enough time for his, what he believes is mercy as is, is needed, you know, you know, with the Amalekites. He wanted them apparently dead 400 years earlier. Right. Why do you wait 400 years, right? And so um, I think that when you kind of get into those questions I, I, of time, to me, those are questions that only the Lord can answer. Okay. And I just know that he's going to give enough time for mercy and for repentance, and and then obviously at some point judgment has to come. You've heard me go on and on now. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts? Uh, okay, so like I've said in the podcast before, I think that, like I was saying in the first episode of this, that the babies getting murdered who never had to go through deciding whether they were going to be good or evil or not. Like, that's the best life. Like, get me to heaven as quickly as possible. Don't make me deal with this shit. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> that's... <laughs> the yeah. With that in mind, the... If I'm going to get my inevitable sooner than I would have, I don't care if God's the one killing me or not. Gotcha. So, if he's done with me here, or wants to kill me or wants to let something happen to me, then what am I going to do about it? (laughs) (laughs) So that's, that's how I feel about that. But when you get into suicide topics and why did your kid die and Mm -hmm. stuff like that, I don't know how I feel. I mean, I'm not, I don't know how I feel, but like, I'll just push, push that off to the side. Right. Let's don't deal with that guy. Yeah. Yeah. So th- those are kind of my thoughts, but I'm glad to know the answers to all the questions that we asked. Okay. Yeah. And I think that the questions that you asked were spot on for so many people who wrestle with these things. Okay. And I fully understand that we could probably even have a, a, a much more in-depth you know, discussion on just each single little thing, right? Where you're yeah. going kind of line by line through scripture and right. really fleshing it out and really talking about all the different philosophical angles to it and mm. and moral and ethical angles to it. And like, I get that. And so I know that this the episodes aren't going to be fully satisfying for everyone, but I do hope that it helps individuals to begin to process some of this and to know that it's okay to ask these questions, right? To know it's okay to ask, mm. but well, why the flood? Well, what about the Amalekites? Mm-hmm. Well, what about the kids? You know, um, I'm and, a Christian. Can I kill myself and go to heaven? Yeah. And I, you know, and, and I'm going to sit here and go, please don't. Yeah. Right. <laughs> please don't. Um, and because I think one of the things too, like, you know, you talk about like the, the idea of, of suicide and, and, you know, what, what breaks my heart is because when people have that much hopelessness and despair and they believe they really believe their life is 
of no value anymore mm. on this earth, right? That it holds no intrinsic value, that what they have to offer is worth nothing. And that's what breaks my heart for them because the reality is God has them. He's created them and formed them to be here for a reason and for a purpose. Mm. And so for them to shortchange themselves on that, right? Not like both in an identity way and in like a meaning purpose way. In other words, like what is my identity, but then also what is my meaning and my purpose? And I feel like they individuals who commit suicide, unfortunately, they they lose sight. They have an identity that's worth anything. Mm -hmm. They lose sight of the fact that they've got a purpose and a meaning that matters. And and that's what breaks my heart. It's like you just want to grab someone and be like, hey, I, I get it. You're like life may feel like it sucks and it's falling apart. And sometimes people do it because they feel like they've lost everyone they've loved, or they they've lost the one person they loved. And how can they mm -hmm. go on? Um and so what is my purpose? How do I avoid God killing me early? <laughs> yeah. But isn't that different for every one of us? Right. To, right. And so I think, you know, when we talk about purposes of, of God for us, you know, it's like, so in Ephesians chapter 2, it talks about the fact that God has made us, okay? Like we are his, we are his workmanship, mm. okay? He has made us so that we can fulfill plans and purposes that he has for us. Mm. And, and it says that he has good works actually like like predestined for us. Mm -hmm. And in other words, that he has these he has these ideas and these thoughts that are gonna benefit the kingdom. That are gonna benefit the kingdom and other people through us. And I think some of that is you like we all have these natural personalities and abilities that are just there in us. We have these gifts and these skills that we see. And I, I, I like the way uh, John Piper says it, where he says that many times we can find our calling. Mm -hmm. Many times we can find our purpose where, where what we are most passionate about intersects with a need in society or a need in this world. Mm -hmm. And it's like, what am I passionate about? What what does what has God gifted me in? And, you know, it's called that passion, that giftedness together. What am I passionate about? What have I been gifted in to do? And where is there a need in this world that inter that those things intersect? You know? Where and and so I think for all of us, those are questions we need to ask ourselves. What are we passionate about? What do we have giftings for? And how can we use that passion and those giftings in a way that connects with need that's in this world? And because I believe that ultimately that's what causes individuals to have an incredible fulfillment, you know, in their life because they're fulfilling the purposes of God for their life. You know, God doesn't just accidentally make us with these personalities or these gifts or these talents that we have. This has been the one I heard this podcast. You can find the podcast on Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, and Rumble. You can follow updates on the podcast on Facebook and Instagram at When I Heard This Podcast. Go to Patreon, $5, click all the buttons around the things, like, subscribe, 
notifications, not down thumb. You can follow me on Facebook and Instagram at Nate Robinsoff, and you can follow Joseph on Instagram at Rev Joe T. This has been the one I heard this podcast, and we will see you guys next time. Bye.